Hey, what's up everyone out there? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. Today I think we're going to talk about something that's coming up that everyone's excited about, as always. What are we talking about tonight, Cam? The Super Bowl of salmon fishing in the lower 48. That's right. We're going to be talking a little bit about some buoy 10 prep, but before we get started on that, I wanted to say thank you so much to Nick Wax. If you guys aren't regular listeners of our podcast, Nick Wax sponsors our podcast. They are a waterproofing reviver material. Basically, it's a liquid that you put in your washing machine with your Gore-Tex or other waterproof material, and it helps revive it and make it like new again. It's some pretty amazing stuff. So check out the links below and shout out to Nick Wax. Thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast. Josh, what are you doing over there? Are you ready for Buoy 10 or what? I'm not ready, but I'm ready. What does that even mean? I mean, like, I don't have anything ready, but I'm ready to fish Buoy 10. Yeah, yeah. Who isn't ready to fish Buoy 10? Give me some good fishing. Hopefully. Oh, yes. Well, there's some good fishing if you cross the bar. Yeah. But that's yeah, why yeah. I've been home all week. Because <laughs> you can't <laughs> cross the bar. Crossing the bar. So, I guess what would you start with, Cam? Like what our breakdown of season is and what we're actually going to have? Yeah. That's the so easiest way to start. Quickly, first, give a rundown yeah. to the people that aren't from the Northwest that listen to our podcast on the regular what Buoy 10 is. Explain it a little bit. Right on. So, like Buoy 10 season, guys, is, you know, it's our fall salmon kind of kickoff for the in river fishery of the Columbia River. The Columbia River. You know, it goes all the way up to Canada and into Idaho and Oregon and, and a lot of fish basically funnel through a four mile wide channel, which really is only separated by a giant sandbar. So really, you've got thousands, literally thousands of river miles that these salmon are going to enter into, but they're going to swim through two channels, one on the Washington side and one on the Oregon side. And it's like the biggest bottleneck salmon highway you can imagine. Right. So this year, we're thinking they're going to get, you know, about 400,000 plus fall Chinook plus another 400,000 coho. And oh. not only do they, not only do they all have to, to get to all these other rivers across the States, they got to enter the Columbia river, but there's also like a little bit of a thermal block. And because the Columbia river runs warm, it runs into the low seventies, upper sixties. When the fish exit that, that ocean and they're starting to make their spawning run, they kind of back up a little bit and they, they, they go from the really cold ocean into the river where it's real warm. And so they don't just move through what they do is they kind of move in and then they kind of hit that warm water and they kind of slow up a little bit. And so they kind of wash in and out. So not only do you have a bottleneck of all these salmon from the Pacific ocean rushing in, but then you also have, um, you know, where they, they slow down and they sit. Well, I mean, big fat salmon, he's, doing his last rites. He's doing his last meals before he heads in there. So not only are they slowed up and they're kind of hanging on that estuary, they're feeding and they're feeding hard and they're feeding as often as they can. So you just have what you have the perfect storm of fish where, like I said, bottleneck getting slowed up, lots of feed and they're actually feeding still. Uh, and then that small area. And so it just, uh, you have a perfect storm for some damn good fishing. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to contend with, you do have to contend with tides, you know, especially if you fish out towards the buoy 10 fishery, but a lot of times, you know, what, what the guides that I fish with down there, we all kind of refer to that. The fishery as a 40 square mile area. It's like the lower 10 miles of the Columbia river. Cause that tide, you know, salt water can push in far and it can run out and, uh, you know, it can move up to like eight miles, you know, just that salt water can. So, um, you know, you gotta, it, it, even though it is a bottleneck, it's still a 40 square mile area. But where you find that concentration on that line of fish as they're moving in and out, it, it just can just be incredible. Um, you don't yeah. have to deal with the ocean, you know, even though, like, like, going, like I said before, you have to deal with the rivers. 
Uh, you have to still deal with the tide, but like I said, you're not dealing with the ocean. You're not dealing with the big water. You're not okay. dealing with the bar. You're not dealing That's with the, the bar. That's the biggest part of it. That's right. No, no bar there. It does still get nasty down there, but. Oh, absolutely. You, you get multiple chances at fish that are pushing in on the tide and fish that are pulling back out on the tide, which I think makes that 400,000 number doesn't seem like a lot of fish in that big of an area. But when they push in, and seems like a them. lot of fish. To well, me. I know, but then they push in, and then yeah. you get to fish them again as they're pushing back out on the tide. Yeah, right. And one other thing to do, but one of those channels that I talked about before is a dead end. Yeah, <laughs> it's a blind channel uh, on the Washington side where the old True River channel was before they dredged it. Uh, fish tend to wash into this area, and it just shallows out all the way at the top end. And there's some smaller channels, but it tends to kind of confu- not confuse the fish, but it definitely holds fish. And what, what ends up happening in that fishery is they, they hold there as long as the pressure is high and it's sunny out and nice. And those fish generally won't try to charge up over those sandbars um, on a high tide unless you've got like a low pressure situation. And then they kind of bail out of there. But you can get a situation in August where the weather's nice, where they just stack up in there for a week and just yeah. honestly weather's get slaughtered. Weather's nice. Columbia River's warm. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing to see hundreds. I mean, literally hundreds of fish get caught by the fleet uh, in a morning, or even in you know yeah. a few passes. It gets it gets rowdy. A lot of boats. A lot of anglers. That's, that's my. That's I like that. A lot fun. of people don't like that part of it, but that's one of my favorite parts. I think yeah. it's fun. It's like a party. If you're not on a fish, chances are you're watching somebody on a fish, or you know, and it's a little bit of a party atmosphere. I ain't gonna lie, like a lot of the guides and stuff. Like we hanging out, we're hanging out, each other. having dinners, and you know, having adult beverages. I mean, it's it's like it's a thing, man. I mean, it is like what we wait for all year. Yeah, and it's also why, like you know, most of the guides were booked out for it, like by March every year, even when they adjust the seasons. And that's the other thing, like this year, like you want you wanted to talk about the seasons. Yeah, that's that's weird yeah. this year. Different. Yeah, so there's a there's a you know, when I talk about all these different Chinook that are going to all these different states, there's there's a there's a protected run of wild tule within that ball of fish coming in. But they tend to show up early and they wanted to really have us kind of lay off those fish this year. They didn't think that those numbers were going to be that good, even though our upriver bright prediction, which is the ones that we want. There's a tule, which is kind of a lesser desirable fish for us, but an upriver bright, which is the ones we really want. They're better table fare. They're going further. They're fresher. They're nicer. Um, they're better quality to eat, but they have these other toolies that show up and they're, they're wild and they're ESA and they're the endangered species act protections on them. So they said, okay, this year, guys, instead of starting August 1st, you know, you guys are going to start August 14th and you're only going to fish 13 days where a lot of times we start August 1st and we fish, you know, somewhere between 22 and 25 days by them pushing the season back 14 days is going to basically uh we're going to catch as many fish in 13 days as we do at 25 basically and, and quality fish too I mean, and yes and the upriver brights generally show the second and third week of august i mean they're there they're there on the last yeah. week of july but yeah. like bottom line is that this year is a little bit different because it's a shorter season but it's not because of lack of the fish that we want but they're actually putting us in like when the fish are going to be there and it is going to be absolute freaking chaos. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. So it's Granted, a lot. I didn't take any time off. I'll be stuck to weekends, but I'll still get down That's there. okay. You'll get plenty yeah. even on the weekends. Four days is, yeah. I've taken a week off for Bowie 10. And that, honestly, I don't know how you guys do it because <clears throat> after a week of Bowie 10, you are beat. 
like oh. a week straight of buoy 10 and you do it for the entire stretch of well it used to be 20 some days yeah just destroys you like you wouldn't think fishing's hard but it beats you up dude even a weekend when i'm yeah. there for a weekend <laughs> yeah. i'm like it beats you fun. up. i'll come back in like two weeks yeah well i mean that's what we're going to talk about a lot in this podcast like a lot of the key to, to being able to do it for those 20 days and honestly since they shortened the season i mean i'll say it here i mean i'm running doubles every single day except oh, for the sick. first and the last day because the last day i got to pick up and get my butt to woodland for the next day <laughs> Because then we move when that season closes down there, we just bump up one more uh, boundary, and then we just start fishing them there. But the key is in the preparation. The key is in you know making sure that you know all your equipment's dialed. The key is making sure that you have all that equipment. So you know when you get off the water at the end of the day, you're not running around trying to put Time the pieces together, doing all that stuff that you just prepare for beforehand. Right. And that way you don't have And then to your boat, anymore. your boat's extremely important. I used to always make sure that all my stuff was just so dialed on my boat before I yeah. went down there. Bearings. I lost a bearing one year on the way down there. So you just got to make sure you check all that stuff. That's like, to me, the most important. I can't, there's been so many times. There was this one time me and Jerry drove all the way there, went to back the boat in, motor wouldn't start. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so <laughs> pissed, dude. And so you so, don't want to have that happen. So check yeah. all that stuff before you go down yes. there for sure. Yes. No, I mean, and as a guy, you know, we kind of get ready for everything. Like where I'm more my boat, I park my trailer. I pay to park my trailer like only a couple blocks away. So if I have to pull it, uh, you know, like and, and let's talk a little bit about boat and motor prep, you know, changing all your oils. Like you said, greasing your bearings. You don't want to be hot to trot that first morning down there. Especially on the open you don't want to be hot to trot at the boat launch and your boat motor doesn't start. And oh, there's 200, boats, <laughs> 200 boats in line waiting for you to get out of the way after that. Well, that's uh, what happened with my bearing. I was pulling out and some guy like stopped me. He's like, dude, you need to look at your back tire. <laughs> I, I drive into the gravel parking lot. I get out and the whole thing's just gone. I mean, it's just riding on damn near the axle. Oh my gosh. Just like, on the spindle. Great. Did you just three wheel at home? No, freaking replace the bearing right there in the parking lot. Oh, nice. Well, that was good. Didn't damage the spindle. Yeah, no, yeah. it didn't. Ugh. Caught it just in time. Yeah, Ooh. that's a rough And story. I had a buddy there that was like pulling out the exact same time as me that was like just a really good mechanic. And so he just freaking helped me knock Smoked out. Smoked so it out. Quick. Yeah. You get lucky like that. And, you know, like, but like you said, that prep. But a couple of years ago, I moored my boat second day of the season and my kicker stops peeing while I'm fishing. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I have to like, now I have to go get my trailer, go down to the boat ramp, have someone shuttle me so I can get my boat to the trailer, pull it and do all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try to pull this lower kicker unit off on the water. And so I hang, dude, I kid you not. I hang over the dock. I go into that, go into the T8, pop off the bolts, praying that I don't drop. Don't one. drop anything. Cause you ain't pull getting it back the lower unit much. off, lock it up. Fortunately, and you talk about getting prepared and having those parts. I had another impeller. I, I, I had one. Um, in my emergency kit, go up to the bed of the truck, put it all in. And the other one was just grenaded, like completely gone. Go back in, I install it. And then some guy like, and I'm like, yes, you know, dripping sweat, got it all. I couldn't believe I didn't drop anything. No tools, no bolts, no nothing. And you had to like put the linkage back for the gear shifter on those little T8s. Like it was a complete nightmare and somehow didn't drop any of it. And then some guy like walks by and he goes, I was watching you do that. He's like, you don't know the umbrella trick, do you? I'm like, the umbrella trick? What the hell are you talking about? The umbrella trick. He's like, oh, if you would have took an umbrella and just like cupped it under the motor, just let it sit on the surface of the water. 
anything yeah, that's you would a good have dropped in the umbrella. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you? He's like, you I just sat there goes, and watched No, you. he was on the other dock, and I ran into him when we both walked out. And he's like, I didn't realize what you were doing there. And then I, and then I thought, I'm like, is this guy really changing his lower unit over the water? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> Complete. But, but guess what? I had to go the next day. I couldn't cancel the trip, and I didn't want to burn the motor up. Then I would have really been out a few yeah, days. So. Yeah. So not yeah. only is it important to keep your stuff together for the fishing, but it's also kind of dangerous down there to be, you know, oh, yeah. get on the water, tides rip in, and all of a sudden your boat motor dies. Like, right. oh yeah, if gosh. it's going to happen, that would be it happens scary. down there. Yeah. No, exactly. like any maintenance you put off for a year and you think, oh, I think I can just get through a couple more days fishing hard here at Buoy 10. Because, I mean, dude, we're on the motors. We're running and yeah. gunning. It's a 40 square mile fishery. You could be picking up and bolting, you know, miles up river. You know, in pretty good shot. I, I mean, you got to just be all hands on, you know, you firing all cylinders, you know? Exactly why we're doing this. You got to be prepared. Yeah, you got to be prepared. So, do your boat maintenances. Do your boat maintenances? Boat maintenances? maintenance. Do your boat maintenance. Do your motor maintenance. Change all your oils. Change your filters. Change your fuel filter. Make sure your batteries are charged. Wheel bearings greased. Impellers have been changed out tires. recently. I've lost a couple tires on the way there. Like flats? Like or? just blew out. Oh, even yeah. some as small as your loading strap. Oh, dude, that's one of the yeah. classic, I've seen people break those, and it's a nightmare. If you that is that. one of the classic yeah. stories of just Jerry. We were on our way back from Bowie Ten, and his tire blows out. We're with his dad, and he just loses oh, it on I his bet. dad because <laughs> oh, he no. had told his dad to change the tires, and his dad's like, "Oh, they're fine. They're they, they're brand new." And Jerry's <laughs> like, "Yeah, but you've been letting them sit, dude. They're gonna you can't let them sit like that for a year and then just go driving yep. on them." And that's what his dad did and just thought they were fine. And sure shit, on the way home, we blew one out. And Jerry <laughs> yeah. was, I'd never seen that. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, take, you know, that's the thing. If you're right, if you're one of those guys that, you know, you just leave your boat in the garage, you know, all year. Yeah, you might want to take it out on a little mini trip somewhere. Because, yep. like, you don't want to, yes. you know, a lot of guys are coming in from out of town and doing big hauls. And, yeah, it's probably worth taking it out for just a little was, prep and prim yep. day. I was literally just thinking about that with my new boat, you know, because if, as you guys know, I was, a, I got a new boat ordered from Stevens Marine. I got an Aluma weld and I was just thinking like, I'm going to get it probably right around the time Bowie 10's open. And I'm probably not going to just grab it and just take it right just down into Bowie jump 10. in and run down to Bowie 10. No, no, no motor break no. in or anything. I'll probably just run it around here for a little bit and jump in all your guys' boats. That's fine. I got open seats. Yeah. Wednesday, what else? Wednesday night, live feeds. When else? What else you got yeah, to prep so, for? First aid yeah. kit is huge. I always have a first aid kit in my boat. All that jazz. Yep, got the angler aid box for sure. Yep, first aid kit, safety stuff. You know, that's the other thing. You know, make sure you do have your safety equipment. Make sure you have it all because there's probably a good chance you're going to get like checked this. down there. There's a lot of Everything. a lot of enforcement presence, which is good. You know, they're on the water. There's a lot of boats on the water. Uh, things happen, but you know, make sure you definitely got all your ducks in a row. You've gotten your registration stickers. Got your life jackets. Fire extinguisher, whistle or horn, you know. Make sure you well, is there on. like a place they can get that whole list of, of items? Is that like who has that? No, I'm sure everywhere online's got them. I mean, but I mean, I don't know exact an exact place, but you know, Sheriff's Marine Department or, or anything like that. Yeah, the Marine or Oregon State Marine Board Oregon probably State would Marine have it. Yep. Should have a list of everything you need. Uh, yeah. I imagine you could go to any local place and they would have a list of everything you need to have on your boat to be legal. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and then, and then, like I said, make sure it's all in working order. Make sure, like, you know, even though flares, I don't think are required. Actually, they are not required down there, but make sure that, uh, 
you know, if you do have them, like you, it's like illegal to have expired players in your boat. Mm, yeah. You know that? They don't want you grabbing those in an emergency in case. They could so. blow up or something. Yep. Well, not that, but I don't think they, they might not work. You know, um, registrations and all that stuff too. I I, uh, I put all my registration, all my guide licensing, my insurance, my drug card, all my stuff in like uh, a uh, vacuum seal bag, and then I vacuum seal it and it just sits in my registration box. And if anybody gets checked, like here's the bag, go ahead and open it mm-hmm. if you want, <laughs> and they'll yeah. open it and check it out. So yeah, make sure you have all that stuff. Um, and then of course you know let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the. The, the fun good stuff, stuff. The fun stuff. The, the gear. Stuff. The stuff that catches fish. That's All right. you need <laughs> is a twitching jig. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, might this, it, might, it, might, it might be that good this year. You never know. I hope so. I hope it's good. I hope it's worthwhile for sure. Yeah. Will you start with? That's the one we're in right now. You're going to start yeah. busting some twitching jig stuff there? That one you just put out. You're going to start busting uh, the twitching jigs down now out there? Or? I just want to try some new stuff. This year I'm going to try... Some new stuff just for fun. I want to go out and just do some random. I mean, it's dude, yeah, you can not, all go down there. And I don't trolling. have any seats anymore. It would be fun to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do it my own. I'm way gonna be trolling. Marlon's gonna be twitching. Do you want to like do one of the live? Because I have both Wednesdays for live feed down there, reserved block, like for the, so. You want to just take one of those live feed days? And be like we're gonna just twitch at Buoy Ten the whole time if we catch them, we catch them. Like no trolling. We have to catch them any other way, but tr- whether we're fishing a bobber. Whether like like the we're yeah, just try just, all of it. Just no trolling would work. 100%. Like we have to do something else besides. We'll see how good it is. If it's just banging good, we should do it. One hundred percent a bobber anchovy. Oh, bobber anchovy, sure. No but you just work. can't troll. The the the, the, the motors have to stay neutral. That would be fun. And that would that would be cool. We got house we got house twitching jigs. And- I'm telling you right now, when those fish come up here around our area, I'm getting those. I'm gonna catch the hell out of them. I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to post up yeah, spot locked on that dolphin and I'm just going to cast right into any, that zone where all those fish are at. Any wing dam would probably work. Not a bad move there, buddy. Dude, I think they would be. And why just catch them that way is so much fun. Why not just like sit there? Why not just sit there and cast wigglers? Or that too, yeah. Yeah. Grab the wigglers. Any of that stuff where it's like just more. Act- I mean, I love trolling too, don't get me wrong, especially 360 fishing, but. Okay, I'm off on a tangent. Yeah, I was gonna say we're no, good. No, we're so good at like, that, but, but see, that's what buoy tent. That's what it all gives you, though, because like all those fish, it's like, well, <laughs> let's see what else. Let's we can try do. something different. Yeah, exactly. What about is it you, coho will be decent this yeah, year? Yeah, I was gonna say, what are they doing for coho like extensions after the? Uh, afterwards, it, after it does close on, so it opens August 14th for one chinook, and then closes August 27th. Then it opens for one coho. After that. I'd still go down there for one co. Tell the duration. And for one? No yeah, just release yeah. them. Well, dude, I'll just catch Chinook up here. Just send up release Right, right. But I mean, you know. Yeah. If you the want, coho if, are if really you nice. Go, if you want to go film a part two of Fishing, fishing isn't, isn't Peaceful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we need to do that, by no the way. no one anyways. down there. But. That's well, the best part about it, I think, is there's not as yeah. many people down there. We have to film a part two of that. It's been too long. We need to film yeah. like an epic one. For those of you guys that don't know, we've got a YouTube video on our channel, uh, Addicted Fishing. Go check out Fishing Isn't Peaceful. And that was like, shoot, six years ago? It's a long time. Ten years ago. It feels like it. But we need to make another one of those videos. It's an awesome highlight, just wrecking ball video. So what is the coho prediction? Coho, uh, yeah. So it's like four. Basically, the coho forecast for this year is what we, it's almost identical to what we actually had last year. So, I mean, I'd imagine fishing to be decent, 
not amazing, but dude, I ain't gonna lie. Like right last year, we had a crazy anomaly where we had 66, 67 degree ocean water pushing on our shores. I think that killed them. I really do. Yeah. I think that that killed most of them. That's pretty warm. That's insane. Yeah. That's not normal. And this year, we've had a lot of wind down there. We've had good upwelling. At one point in time, the ocean right outside the Columbia was 45 degrees. Wow. Like, it was cold. Yeah. Um, too cold. Too cold, really. I mean, it. it's... But that is normally what we get. We get cold upwellings and we get, you know, it kind of makes the salmon highway and it brings them in and, you know, it, it gives gives the little ones food. And, and it's kind of like what we should do. Last year, shoot, the whole month of July, I think we fished every single day out there, like until we got our quota because it was a lake. But we were having to go out to like, we were having to go out sometimes like 10, 15 miles to find salmon. Holy smokes. Dude, it was nuts. Like we yeah, were out there like fishing far. like salmon, like 400 feet of water. Like we were out there, dude. Yeah. And we tuna, should never have to grounds. do that. This year, this year I've had to go like two miles south of the South Jetty like every day. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But last year was a freak year. But I think that run was coming because it was being caught in BC. It was being caught at Nia. Yeah, you guys were catching a lot and then, of fish then last they, year. And then, and then it, it started like, great in June. It was just onslaught. And then it just gone. dead. Gone. And then they trickled in. And we caught fish. But so who knows? Like. This year, it might end up being really good. But what I can say is that the July coho on the average out in the ocean are bigger than anything that I've ever caught. Like, I saw some of those pictures. Those dude, things are studs for the ocean right I, now. I, I, we Normally, you're used to catching like a little bit bigger than three sockeye. and four. Let's be honest. Like they three, look three like and four pounds. Right. Yeah. I caught one that was probably like 10, 11 pounds. That mm-hmm. actually, when the guy hooked it and he brought it up and it was like rolling around, I'm like, oh, that's a big Chinook. That's a big Chinook. And then like, you know, as, he, as it gets a little closer, I'm like, oh, that's just a giant. What the hell? It's yeah. a giant. Co-. And they're I still going like, to get oh, bigger. This has got to be a wild. And I net it. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's a keeper. It's and keeper they're still going to get bigger. How big was that's, it? It was probably 10, 11 pounds. But a 10, 11 pounds, like people are like, oh, 10, 11 pounds ain't that big. Okay. It's funny. Under, that's exactly understand. what I just said. 10, 11 pounds. That's exactly what all you November <laughs> B-run fishermen in the ocean that only big. Twitch in November and December are thinking. But you don't understand. Like, from what I'm it's like it's like kokanee. Yes. Early in the season, like, you know, like if they start July, right, right. If they start here, they're going to end up here. If Mm. they're starting this big, they're going to end up this big. They're huge. So what you're saying is you should have let it go and let it get bigger. Dude. No, (laughs) no, that wasn't happening, bud. But uh, I can tell you you on the average, they're big. And yeah, who knows what the B runs going to be. They're going to be giants this year. Giants. And even this. And even the Chinooks were catching, you know, we haven't, I haven't caught anything like real big. I think we got one that was probably like 18 and then a couple that were like in that 12 pound range. But even the Chinooks were just fat, That's healthy, good. fat fish. I'm excited. So I think, you know, it could be a big fish year. And then the guys up north, um, you know, before the wind kind of took us over here on, in, uh, in Marine Area 1, uh, they were starting to really get some good size and nice Chinooks. So I good. think. I don't know. Right now, it's all positive. It's good signs. Good signs yeah. of what's to come. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, the last time they predicted a 600,000 fall Chinook run, we ended up with 1.6 million. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope they're wrong again. Think about that. <laughs> so 1. these forecasts, million. you never know. Yeah, That's know. for sure. I mean, they haven't been very right the last... Yeah, with none well, of these and the counts. summer Chinook and the summer Chinook and the sockeye count, I mean, the summer they Chinook... They were wrong on both of them. Summer Chinook, they only predicted like 30, 40% of what actually came back. And they're still coming. Like, they're still counting them for another week. So, I mean, who knows? You know? Yeah. But how many summer Chinook are there over? 
I don't know, let's check, but last time I checked, it was the prediction was only like 30 something thousand. But it was already over 50, I think, when we talked last week. Oh, I, th- I thought it was higher than. Uh, let's just do this here. We'll check that out here for you guys. But either way, I'm, opti- I'm cautiously optimistic because obviously we all got our little tiny slap with that freaking coho forecast that didn't come. But like I said, I think we might have got killed by a bad ocean. So it could be likely. You th- they can just kill that many fish? I think it do. Well, I- think about the sockeye that go up to Okanagan and they just die because it's hot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. just and there was also, we were catching fish in the that had these like weird spots on them. Like sores? Like, yeah, these weird yeah, sores early in the season. And I took some pictures. I didn't even found one like floating down the river dead. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I sent it into Region 5, which is our local fish and wildlife department. And they were saying, right? and they're like, it's a, it, they said it's a, it's instead of some kind of bacterial or some kind of disease, but it really, that really shows itself when the fish are like in warm water. Yeah, it happens. 82,000. So 82,000. The original prediction was like 30 something. And they still have another week. That could hit 90. They you could see be those sores on east side fish a lot too. Yeah. Like just nasty, like pussy sores on them. Right. It's something that they have in their body like always, but then when they get into warm Certain water, it just, it just activates. It's almost like blisters. Them. Yeah. Kind of nasty. Yeah, it's kind of gross. My internet's not working. But I hope we don't have 66, 67 degree water. But, you know, like I said, who knows? But you know what? You got to be there. We're all going to be there. Like if basically, you know, and we're talking about being the Super Bowl, if there's going to be good fishing, uh, it's probably going to be those two weeks and then offsetting the season two weeks later and the ocean fishing good and the fishing big and kings out of Westport and, you know. So basically, if you have any means, go get to Bowie 10. Yeah, get your ass to Bowie 10 and join the thousand of boats. I don't like fishing Bowie 10. There's a thousand boats there. It's like, oh, you want to there's, why there's a thousand boats there? Because there's, mil- there's literally a million fish there. There's, there's a, thousand a million fish. fish. No, there is a million fish yeah. forecasted this year. Maybe just two. Pretty cool. Bonk them all. Bonk them <laughs> oh, that's right. And there's none of that crap Unless this year. Unless they stink in there. Oh, Monday, Tuesday, release wilds, and then you can oh bon- my God. kill them all. Bonk. Don't Bonk. kill Tuli's, though. Wild Tuli's go. All righty. We got to get off here and go to record this live feed tonight. But that's thank right. you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Do not forget, if you're new, drop some comments and leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all those different channels. We appreciate every single one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the river. There you guys. Okay.